This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am so Mr. Delaney. So what? Hey, welcome along to the Monday morning episode. And um, I've got a little bit of a call coming on, Sam. I'm going to try to power through mm. this episode as much as I can. Um, I might lapse into unconsciousness. Who knows? But we'll we'll make it through. That's all I'm saying. Just give me a heads up there before we begin. Slight sore throat. Maybe it's COVID. Don't know. Haven't took a test yet. But I just wanted to maybe just elicit a bit of sympathy from you and from the listeners. We oh, well, you've got my sympathy, mate, for sure. It's not nice. Thank One you. of the worst things, in my opinion, is having a bit of a cold. I tell you, because mm. when you've got a full cold, you can take to your bed, get the old Lemsips out, get the Lucasade, yeah. stick, stick on telly, watch an old film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I watched a classic, oh. uh, what I call ill film last week. You know, like the sort of films right. that when you were a kid, they just showed black and white, really old films in the day. And you'd watch yeah. through a sort of a fog of like um, over the counter, like cold remedies, off the shelf cold remedies. Yeah. So you'd be a bit spaced out and fuzzy headed. Fake hallucinations, yeah. Yeah, fake hallucinations. And like you'd be falling in and out of sleep. And when you woke up, the old film was so weird that it felt like a weird dream. Anyway. This one had a great title. You'll love the title. It's called mm. Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. What? Whoa. Uh, yeah. That, Good that's title, sinister. isn't it? Yeah. Blimey. Bet Davis. I was watching, I was watching on um, BBC iPlayer that they've put a series of what used to be called the Tuesday documentary, which were on before I was a kid. We're talking mm. about like early 1970s. And there's a bunch of them they've just chucked an iPlayer because they're increasingly putting more and more archive stuff on iPlayer now, I think, as part of their fucking remit of just filling up yeah, um, the, the time and the schedules and everything and all that. And one of them that I watched was about the Ealing comedies, which I'm a, a bit of a fan of. Yeah. Um, and my favourite one is The Lady Killers, which is covered oh. extensively in it. Yeah. But this documentary is from 1970, and it's about 15 years after the Ealing comedies kind of finished. And do you remember Frank Muir? Yeah. Frank Muir. Yeah, we've, we've talked about him before. To... Bowtie lad, wasn't he? Favoured the bowtie. Yeah, I'm sure we've talked about him before. Favoured the dicky bow. Yeah. yeah. He used to do the fruit and nut advert as well, didn't he? Yes. Frank Muir, fruit and, fruit and nut. But what was his actual thing? And... I just knew him as a geezer on telly with a bow tie. But was he a scientist? <laughs> or was no, he think, like a, he was a, a writer. Record? Was I he a humorist? I, I, I think he did comedy writing at first, but then I think he, right. he drifted into humorist, raconteur, yeah. uh, just a, a TV personality. He was or a great radio lad, wasn't he? He was. But yeah. the thing was, he, he was talking about the Ealing comedies, and this is like 15 years after they finished and everything. Oh, yeah. And this whole documentary, and, but towards the end, he was just kind of saying like, yes, well, the Ealing comedies were successful at the time, but when we look back, they were quite silly, really, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas now, over the decades, they've become these highly esteemed pieces of British cinema. And it the attitude's kind of changed. to a lot of things. I mean, you yeah. know, like I would say we, and quite a lot of people of our generation, love the Carry On films and regard them as sort of, if not high art, then certainly... <laughs> fucking like serious <laughs> I would say they're they're comedy films to be reckoned with right um, and I see them as a huge influence not just just on my world view yeah. do you know what I mean like only this morning I was walking along the street walking the dog and I was thinking how much I loved the area I live in 
because when I was a kid, I would see the Carry On films and I would really love the when you saw them occasionally at their homes. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. at the mm. beginning of Carry On Abroad or whatever, Carry On Camping, you'd see them in their houses and they lived in these very perfect sort of suburban homes, quite dull, but quite pretty. Yeah. And I would really... It was quite different to the sort of street I lived in. And I would really sort of like fantasise about living in the sort of houses that they lived in in the carry-on films, the streets. But, you know, very British suburban streets. It's kind of like where I live in now. And I was just thinking that on the way home. I was thinking, oh, carry-on films really shaped my my idea of what adult life was like, which is probably wrong and perverse. I thought it was all sexy nurses (laughs) in stiletto heels, right? But... um, it's funny, yeah. Anyway, going back to what you said, yeah, it's like Elin comedies. Uh, mm. You know, they were probably considered like just daft knockabout, whereas now they're like heralded. And I think yeah. I feel the same way about carry-ons as well. I think a lot of them herald, we, we herald the carry-ons, but at the time it was just like cheap nonsense, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think we've gone through an era where people thought they were cheap nonsense. They were really popular in the 70s, and in the late 80s and 90s, everyone was like, oh, they're a bit vulgar. Yeah. And now everyone's kind of pivoted again. They're looking at them as being sort of classic British cinema. Yeah. But here's here's a fact that I picked up from this documentary, which could theoretically yeah. blow your mind, Sam Delaney. Okay. Um, you know, the, the Whiskey-A-Go-Go is a popular name for bars and yeah. such like, isn't it? Around yeah. the world now. There's the yeah. there's that very famous one in, in California, in yeah. West, West Hollywood. Um. The first whiskey a go go yeah. was in uh, Paris uh, in 1947, and it was the first discotheque apparently, yeah, in the world. Whiskey a go go, and that's Paris. And do you know where it got the name from? Um, no. The ailing comedy Whiskey Galore was named in France. Was renamed Whiskey a go go. Wow. And it got the, that name, and then someone opened a discotheque, the first discotheque, under the same name in Paris, and now Whiskey A Go Go is like. Just global. Like an it's a global brand. Name. Yeah, yeah. And Whiskey Galore, it's it's the, uh, it's about a Scottish island. Yeah. Where loads of whiskey, you know, runs, runs ashore. Mm. And it's got nothing to do with France or discotheques or anything like that. But they didn't call it Whiskey Galore. In France, they called it Whiskey A Go Go. And it sounded so good that someone on the discotheque called that. And also, that is an uh, extraordinary and lovely fact. And um, it also reminds me of when The Fast Show, I think it was The Fast Show, did a parody (laughs) called Heroin Galore around the time of Trainspotting coming out. And it had the immortal line when the the sort of wooden case (laughs) washes up on the shore, someone opens it and it goes, what is it? Heroin, tons of the stuff. (laughs) <laughs> genius genius um, what else Graham Potter's gone from Chelsea I mean we saw that coming didn't we yeah we saw it coming and Brendan Rodgers has gone as well both in one Brendan weekend Brendan Rodgers has gone I, feel, I, feel, I mean I, I could only see that from a sort of uh, my own personal private point of view which is both of those managers I would have at West Ham and had they gone a little bit sooner West Ham might have been a bit faster to pull the trigger on old David Moyes potentially but anyway yeah well that might still happen but you, your form's picked up now hasn't it a bit are you going to get out of the kind relegation of, I mean, like, we beat Southampton 1-0 in one of the most tedious <laughs> games I've ever had to sit through if that constitutes an <laughs> upturn in form then yeah I guess 
oh well fair enough mm. but um, yeah T- uh, 11 managers have left the Premier League clubs this season including Grimpott and even Brighton but the, the, the ten yeah. have been sacked and and yeah. some have sacked like Southampton have got rid of two coaches and so have Chelsea it's fucking yeah. madness I think half a, no, a, a third of the Premier League teams currently don't have managers or something like that the it's, Premier it's League so is strange. managerless do you think we're heading towards um, an era in which clubs just go managerless self-managing teams yeah I think they, there might yeah. be self-managing teams why not if you've got some senior yeah. pros some big characters in the changing room yeah, um, I mean, I've, I've always said that fans should vote managers in or out yeah. at the start of every transfer window. Don't they do you that know, in it comes Spain? To January the first. Sp- Spanish clubs are very democratic in that sense, aren't they? they Spanish vote for clubs fucking have members everything. and things like that. Yeah, yeah. like Barcelona have got two hundred thousand members. I think they vote team selection every week. The mad bastards. Yeah, bring it, bring it on. Yeah, for, for, you know, for, no one knows anything in football. It's all no, chaos. Just get, get the fans to fucking vote for the team selection. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's football sorted out. I had a good uh, story. I, 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 oh, yeah, I've, got, I've got to say. I've got to say before we go any further. No, before we go any further, mm. I, I meant to say, live shows begin in under two weeks. Oh. And we need to just remind people, not because we're desperate to sell tickets. We've sold enough tickets, I think. Mm. It'll be great to sell some more. But people sort of say, "Oh, you did some live shows. I had no idea. You came to my city and I missed it. Oh no. Well, we're coming to Brighton on." Oh, I'm going to say the 14th. Friday the 14th. Friday the 14th. Yeah. Uh, Which, of course, is the day after scary Friday the 13th. Yeah. So we'll miss out on that. Um, London, Saturday the the, 15th. uh, 15th. And then we're a couple of days off. And then it's the 18th in Manchester, 19th in Liverpool, 20th in Birmingham. Get on our website, tftimemachine.com, to have a look for the uh, exact locations and ticket information and that come along it'll be a cracking show it's and we be will really be good. brilliant because we did a you know we did a run of these shows which is our new format um, which is a lot uh, would you call it looser if you can imagine Definitely. such a thing if you saw our previous shows you would have thought how could it get looser than that this is more like listening to one of the podcasts in a way although there are kind some of, yeah. features that we have plugged into it that it would be regular every night but we've had a little go on it at our other um, dates in Leeds and Sheffield and whatnot uh, mm-hmm. Glasgow last year in November um, mm-hmm. they went pretty well but now it's springtime we've practised yeah. and we are yeah. ready to fucking go big time it's sp- it's springtime we've got um, our loins are full of goodness yeah because it's spring we're fully right? loaded we're fully loaded we're fully loaded with our seed. Probably, probably gone too far down. <laughs> no, that's probably put a few there, people probably. off. Uh, we're not. We're not loaded with anything like that. No. Neither of us. I mean, he's had the op, and I'm just. Yeah. I mean, my loins are long since defunct. Really it's dried up. Yeah, dried it's up dried, and dusty. A chalk. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> chalk loins delirious. It's like my loins are like a chalk pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, yeah live shows come see us it'll come be see us. it'll be alright my uh, my mate was at the leisure centre the other day the local oh, leisure centre oh yeah the leisure centre in well it's called Brentford leisure centre um, but it's like it's been there since we were kids and when it was 
I remember when it opened, it was like a fucking massive deal and the kids in the school got to vote on what mm. its name was. See, there you go. Another good example of the public getting the a say. Vote. Instead of leaving it to all the blue noses up at City mm. Hall, it was City put in the hands Hall. of some <laughs> local idiotic primary school t- kids. And it was they, named... what they call it? Leisure McLeisure Fist? Yeah. No, it was called Fountain Leisure Centre. Pretty shit. There's not even a fountain there. But anyway, oh, he still go. He takes his kid there now, and um, he he met a he met another West Ham fan in the. I gotta be honest, right? No disrespect to this Leisure Centre, but last time I was there, it's like it it, it does feel like it's the eighties, and you know, like really gritty you know like where you're getting changed and like as you bend over to pull up your shorts your ass cheek touches the ass cheek of another man yeah you know that kind of where they're like way no. too small the lockers don't work the floor is all gritty and there's loads of plasters on it do you know that mm. kind of like it ain't deluxe so he's in there and he's clambering around trying to get changed in the communal changing room but he spots a West Ham fan. I don't know how he's identified him, but it being West Not London, they want his ass, maybe. Yeah, it being it being West London. If you spot another West Ham fan, it's like you you make more of an effort. If you see them outside of the locality, you make more of yeah. an effort. Like when I met one when we were on tour the other year, I met one in the middle of fucking nowhere in the Lake District. Right, and we had right. a right good chat, but then it then it then he sort of started to. We got on like a house of fire. We were so delighted to meet each other in the north of England, but. Then, unfortunately, he strayed into um, revealing some of his political views on, oh, that's let's I say, that, yeah. the changes in society, which had, <laughs> yeah. which had resulted in him deciding to move to the Lake District. And at that point, I bid him good day and, and ran yeah. off. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> this conversation's over now. Up the hammers. And, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but my mate started talking to this bloke. And he went, yeah, it was quite good. We like, chatted a little bit about West Ham. And he goes, now I see him. He takes his kid there most weekends as well. He goes, but I like, fucking hell. I saw him in the changing room and he, he came, he was really pleased to see me. He came over to start talking to me about the game today and what was going to happen. He goes, but the problem was, <laughs> he goes, as he stood talking to me, he was stark bollock naked. And oh. he went, but what, as a concession to decency, he <laughs> held his iPhone in front of his willy throughout the whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> he said so I was stood there and he goes it's such a confined space it was only about you know half a yard between us both and he was stood there holding this iPhone like it was like he was sort of coy but not coy he was like oh I must not let you see my genitals it's like mate you came over you rushed across the changing room to discuss team selection with me right oh, and God. then as an afterthought you thought I better hold this phone in front of my cock and I said, how long yeah. did the conversation go on for? He went, fucking ages. I said, why didn't you evacuate? He goes, I tried. I kept giving one word answers, but he didn't take the hint. And he's standing there with the phone. I said, what generation iPhone was it? Just to give me a sense of how big his penis is. <laughs> he said he didn't look close enough. So he didn't look close enough. I said, it could have been a fucking Samsung Galaxy. They're much bigger, aren't they? He went, no, it was definitely an Apple product. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was quite an arresting image, to be honest. Good time to remind remind everyone that Apple don't let um, iPhones be used by baddies in TV shows and films. Is that right? Because yeah, it's a goodies phone. Yeah, because because they've got to have 
you know, TV and filmmakers have got to have permission to use them in the first mm. place. There's got to be an agreement in place. And uh, so if you ever see a character and they're not using an iPhone, uh, chances are that later on they're going to turn out to be bad guys. Oh, oh that that ruins stuff for me now. Now I yeah. always know yeah, who the baddie does. is right yeah. from the beginning yeah, well, if, if there's I a murder know, mystery. Yeah, if I have to know it, you do as well. Okay. So there we are. Spoilers for everyone. Yeah. Did you do any April Fool's? Yeah, I house. did. I imagine, uh, I imagine was, Len would be deeply involved Len, in the April Fool's scene. Len's a big fan of April Fools <laughs> going down he, he, the main person he April Fools he didn't fool me this year but I was on the absolute lookout from the moment I wake up I'm like yeah, fucking yeah. alert because he's done so much shit last year he got the old salt in my tea and all the rest of it and um, but the, the main person he pranks his, his number one target is the headmaster of his school oh and almost every hell. year he does it that's vi- brave yeah, almost every about the the headmaster school is quite a character. He's going to say something. He must be a good guy. Yeah, he's a he he's an a, iPhone. He's a banter teacher, right? <laughs> he's a banter headmaster. He's a great bloke, <laughs> and so he responds quite well to it. And what Len does every year is he pens a letter under a false name. <laughs> and I think one year, one year he said that his dad had got a job working for the North Korean government, and I so the, this, the yeah. whole family. It is. He over with so like it is with regret that I must inform you that I will be leaving your school and not returning after the Easter break because my father has got a job working for the North Korean government. Jalapeno. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. And this year he just said that. He said that it was, he made up the name. He, he, he actually got, the Krispy Kreme logo online, yeah. put, put it on, made a Krispy Kreme corporate letterhead with a made-up address in America. Wow. Made up the name of the CEO of Krispy Kreme, right? I can't remember what it was <laughs> it's called. John Krispy Kreme. Yeah, it was something of that nature. <laughs> and wrote a, a letter saying um, that basically they'd bought the school off of the council and was turning it into a <laughs> massive Krispy Kreme. And <laughs> that he was out of a job. And that all the kids would have to find somewhere different to go to school. But after Easter, so it was only two weeks' notice. <laughs> the, the head teacher knows That's what's awesome. coming because he handed it in on Friday, which I think was the 31st. And he writes on the envelope not to be opened until the 1st of April. <laughs> all right, yeah. But still, it was a good Clue. one, yeah. That's yeah. brilliant. Nice one. Well done. Um, 
So do we, are we get a response from the head teacher yet then, or is it? Not, not yet. Holiday, not yet. It? He'll, he'll sort of try and get his own back next. Well, actually, it's Len's last year at, at his school because he's uh, leaving right. primary school. So that's it. One nil, Len. Yeah. He has bested yeah. the headmaster for the final yeah. time. I just we went. I went down to the gym, and, and the bloke who's like the trainer at the gym. There was a bit of a political situation a couple of years ago when the former boss left, and he said, and he was very, he was a very angry and uptight uh, sort of gym guy, right from mm. New Zealand. And you don't you don't really associate anger and uptightness with the people of New Zealand, do you? You think? I mean, I don't, if you ask me to name the most relaxed people on earth, I'd, I'd you know nationality, the New Zealanders mm. would be right up there. I mean. Quite aside so, from yeah. that hacker business they do, which does seem a, a tad um, aggressive, but there's I just something, take... there's something not right about New Zealand, though, because like we said before, all the billionaires have got compounds there. There's, there's something, but that's why skew with. they think they think it's a safe place. But yeah, but it, it, no, there's more to it than that. I think. Then why are they making don't, billionaires don't don't operate like that? There's got to be something in it for them. Yeah, other you're than right. just safety, because nowhere's safe really if you think about it. No, I just thought they thought... Oh, right, don't think about it too much. Well, to me, I mean, you look at the map of the world and uh, New Zealand is right down in the corner, right far corner. So it's Out furthest away from anything if the nuclear yeah. bombs start flying about. Uh, but anyway, who yeah. knows about that? But anyway, they um, this geezer, Ken, his name was, and he was, he, he was, he was bloody angry, right? And uh, it was his outfit, the gym and the trainers and everything. And... Um, he decided he was leaving because his job, his wife got a job in another country. So he said to my mate, who's my trainer, he said to him, you can take over the business if you want because I'm leaving. And he said, yeah, all right. Um, yeah, fine. So what's that then? Basically, it's like a list of the clients and a couple of bits of equipment because the gym mm. isn't our property anyway. It's like belongs to the council. He's gone, yeah, that's right. And he goes, okay, do you want paying for it? He goes, of course I want paying. He goes, how much do you want? goes a hundred thousand pounds right my mate goes mm, not sure about this seems no. <laughs> over the top i gotta my answer is no right you and he see this is owned by the council so i don't actually own the business itself. yeah it was, it was basically a, a, a list of clients emails where, so, pounds. so you could email them and say do you want to come to your training session on thursday as usual that was it that's extortion right? Yeah, so the guy goes, well, that's the price. Take it or leave it. So he, make, <laughs> so he makes a counter bid because he thinks, no, fair's fair. He's given me work here and he's worked hard to build up the brand. So, so he, he, he uh, makes him a much lower offer and the bloke goes mad and becomes quite threatening. And um, so he goes, all right, listen, in that case, what I'll do is I quit and I'll set up my own company and mm. I'll just start from scratch, right? And then he goes really mad, right? You can't do that. You can't do that. And he mo- he moves away. He moves away to um. Uh, he moves away to another country, and like my mate starts his new company in the same gym, and ninety nine percent of the equipment is belongs to the gym to the council, mm. and he just has a license to operate there with a couple of other mm. trainers. And uh, but there's a couple of bits that the New Zealand guys left behind, right? But we're right. talking like maybe one set of like kettlebells 
uh, like you know, two kettlebells and like a resistance <laughs> band, right? So <laughs> that he's so he's training under the guise of the new company, and this woman turns up, no one knows, in this really small gym, and she's got a camera and she's filming them. And in the end, my mate goes, "Excuse me, who are you? Why are you in here filming us?" Turns out she's Ken's sister, and Ken, who's now in another country, has sent her along to film them so he can gather evidence of them using his resistance band for, a, for the legal case that he is planning against them. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, fucking hell. So it was really, the whole thing was with, then he started sending emails to all the clients, slagging my mate off. You can't trust him. Uh. Da, da, da. It was really, it was, it was unsavoury, but I've got to say, me and Len... Loved it because it was like an unfolding soap opera. Yeah. You know, you just get it. You get we we were emotionally invested in the drama. We obviously mm. battle lines were drawn. We were very much on our mate's side, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we were lapping it up. It was great, right? Being and uh, developments every week. Yeah. yeah, and then and then two weeks later, <laughs> two years two years go by. Occasionally, Ken, we haven't heard from Ken. But occasionally, it gets brought up just as a gag. Right, just making mm. reference to the mad Kiwi who used to preside over it all. And so on Saturday, I bowl into the gym, right, with Len for our Saturday morning workout session. And two of the trainers go, oh, All right, lads, how's it going? And I go, Well, I was all right till a minute ago. Guess who I just saw heading this way, looking really angry? And they go, Who? And I go, Ken! I thought it was really <laughs> funny, mate. It went down like a shit sandwich. <laughs> Like, no, it was just like, what the fuck? And no one looked, like, Everyone happy hide. or amused. Everyone was like, oh, my God, mm. is he coming now? Right? They weren't scared, but they were sort of like, fucking hell, we've got loads of clients here. This is going to... And I've got... And they go... And one the one the female trained stopped. She went, are you serious right now? And she was, like, pissed off. She went, are you serious? And as soon as she looked at me like that and said it, I was like, oh, this is a bad April Fool. No one finds yeah. this funny. So yeah. I said, uh, 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 it's April the 1st. And literally they all looked at me like, nice one, dickhead. What yeah. are you? Fucking yeah. 10. Well, We'd expect that well of your done, son. so-called adult. Yeah. yeah. We'd expect that of your son. Nice one. And they go, oh, okay. And then they just carry on. And even Len <laughs> looked at me like, dad, you've dropped a bollock there. That was shit. <laughs> Still find a new gym now. Right, right. Stick to writing letters about a donut <coughs> fucking empire taking over schools. That's more yeah. the fucking speed for a day like this. You've just fucking reignited a long, very bitter feud, and now they're all Lots upset. Of trauma, yeah, rose to the surface for a lot of people at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that was oh, a well. bit of a mistake. Never mind. You probably yeah. thought you were on top flight time machine duty. It again. was that all over. It was just like the pharmacist <laughs> situation again, wasn't it? Must remember, that, not on top flight time machine. Yeah, in civilian world. Yeah, but that um, that 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 um, one hundred thousand pounds thing for the <laughs> yeah. uh, basically a list mm. of uh, clients t- it takes me into the musical development of the week, which I didn't see coming. I don't think anyone saw coming, and it's the new single by Shake and Stevens. Oh yeah, <laughs> who. You once had a, a coming together with yeah. um, professionally. A meeting of um, minds, you could say, at Glastonbury yeah. 2008 yeah. between Britain's best... Did he, did he Britain's infantile? Britain's, no, he's a clown. So similar clown. sort of vibe, yeah. <laughs> By the way, just quickly, side note, on the infant, on infantile gate, 
you know, I yeah. did this live thing about the book on Thursday night and I streamed it live on Instagram. And right. some joker who's probably listening because I don't know their name, but our <laughs> mate Simon London, who was interviewing me, read the questions out from the Instagram live in front of the yeah. audience. And he went, <clears throat> Sam, I have listened to the audio book. Did you enjoy recording that? Uh, and did you find it easy or was it quite difficult to resist your natural comic urge and instincts to behave in an infantile manner. Well, my brother Theo was in the front row, right? And I was like, some fucking joker getting involved, trying to try, try to ruin this event. I looked at Theo, but I don't. I still don't know if Theo knows about our response to uh, our, our well, you know, how it hurt our feelings. It hurt our feelings to be described well, in that way. Well, it should do. Because if he doesn't listen to the podcast... Then how does he know it's infantile? How does he know it's infantile? I think he might have written it off a few years ago. Yes, I listened to it for a while, but it's rather infantile. And I find as if it's just one note. You know, like, in the end, you get the joke. They're going to say Willie uh, or cunt at some point. And (laughs) it wears a bit thin. I I require more depth and nuance to my comedy and my podcast. Also, Also... Also, you, you do far too many episodes. I mean, five a week. Uh, no. It's too much. It, it becomes, People have things it, to do. It does become tedious. And crucially, I don't really... I mean, on the, I like the podcasts that tell you about um, big moments in history or update you on American politics. And I feel like I've come away with something substantial. But Sam and Andy, they're, they're great guys. But what do you really come away with other than some impressions of a fictitious footballer from the 80s? <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty infantile when you look like that. I, I went, ah, infantile, and I looked. I was in the front row, and I went, "That's what he calls it." But he looked confused when I said that, so I thought, "Oh, maybe he oh, doesn't right, yeah. know about this whole thing." Oh, he's so good some, at someone confused. was up to no good. But anyway, well, it wasn't me. It wasn't no, me. I don't, so I, I no, it much. didn't have. If you trolled it, it would have been more sophisticated than that. Yeah, not as infantile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's just Shaken Stevens' song. All you need is greed. Shaken Stevens is furious yeah. at capitalism. Oh. He has had enough. Yeah. And he's recast himself as some kind of dark foreboding yeah. um, commentator some, mate, at all. Someone's got to do something about the state we're in. So what he's thought, well, it, it falls upon me. Who was it who benefited the most from the early years of Thatcherism? Shaken Stevens, Shaken wasn't Stevens. it? 1981, 82, when he was in his pomp. Yeah. And now he's seen how it's all played out, and he doesn't he like it. He regrets it, yeah. And the the song itself is great. Um, the lyrics are really good. Mm. I'll read some of them. Welcome to the firm. Welcome to the house of lies. Oh. Greed is all you need to take the suckers for a ride. We move the money round. We really shake them down, 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 down. Right. Welcome to the bank. This is where we bleed them dry. And it's almost like when Johnny Cash kind of reinvented himself with Rick Rubin towards the end of his life and career. Shaking Stevens has got, has got this fucking menacing approach going on. And it's brilliant. You know what? I'm looking at this video, and in a way, I think that you're, that's the exact playbook he's been looking at. Because even the video yeah. has shades of the famous uh, Hurt video with Johnny Cash, doesn't it? Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's, but it is slightly more cheap looking, but it's, quite, it's got quite the same cheap, vibe. Yeah. It's got the same vibe, yeah. He's Yeah, he's sitting in a darkened room, a darkened warehouse almost, like it's been stripped back to brick, and he's sitting in a large, dark, burgundy, like leather armchair, mm. delivering the lyrics straight to camera. 
Yeah. And it's a warning. It's a warning from history, and it's a warning from Shaking Stevens. I want it. But then the- now listen, I want a stripped <laughs> warehouse vibe. None of this studio bollocks. None of this airy fairy crap. I want I'm a fucking- stripped brick warehouse. No fucking farrow and ball got, paint. I've gone back to basics, and, and I do not want to see any chalky finish on the paint. In fact, not only do I not want chalky finish, I don't want any paint at all. <laughs> it's fucking great. And then there's bit ways with his band, and he's kind of performing. Yeah, but he's really nice. cool. He's pulling some really cool moves. He, he's he 75 cool now. Look. He's not bad looking, and he's pretty he's stylish got, for a 75 year old. long cravat thing that yeah. hangs down. The yeah. front over this big coat he's wearing. He looks brilliant. Yeah. And I, I tell you what else, he does he's in amazing shape actually. He does look yeah. brilliant, doesn't he? And he um and he's they cut to like um, what I assume to be the Welsh mountains, the beautiful Welsh countryside. Looks in like high it, speed. It? Yeah. And mm. uh and that's a nice element to it as well. Uh, um so all in I all don't give a- I didn't see this coming. That's the first thing. Like, no, you sent this did. link to me on Thursday night quite late, and I like saw it on Friday, and I was like, I did not expect this. I didn't see it coming at all. No, no, none of us did. It's changed everything. Mm. Uh, just give me all you get. I'm a money sucker. Feed me debt. We're mm-hmm. too big to fail, so gentlemen, place your bets. I don't give a damn how you make the money, son. I'm hungry like a black hole. Stick it to them. Get it done. Whoa. And, um, yeah, that's uh, that's Shaking Stevens' contribution. And, you know, nothing's ever going to be the same again, I think it's fair to say, after that. So, no, no. Um, that's about it, I reckon. Uh, the prediction update. I forgot to do the prediction. the predictions. I can tell you. Weekend. I can tell you honestly what I was going to predict, if that can still count. No, that's oh. not going to work. Now, but there's been <laughs> uh, there's been a conversation with the podcast prediction committee, yeah, who we oversee, and it's been a judge. This could have been seen as a tactic by me to oh yeah, um, suits you, help didn't it? win. Mm. I have been docked five points oh. from my total, um, which opens it all wide up again. I guess a little bit. Uh, so my five points have been removed for not fulfilling my prediction. This is like when Middlesbrough postponed a game arbitrarily because mm. some of the players had the flu mm. and they got docked three points and ended up getting relegated. So uh, I've been docked five. I'm now back on 107 and result spots on 99. You're on 75. So it doesn't affect you that much. Let's be fair. Yeah, I know, yeah. When you said five points, I was like, I switched off to this conversation because like, if it said 20 then I might have perked up and started listening <laughs> well I mean are you going to gain 24 points on results spot between now and the end of the season unlikely, unlikely. It'd have to be, I'd have to get a lot of because you get double for West Ham so I'd have to get a lot of West Ham results correct yeah. we could do mid. there's a set of midweek fixtures so we could quickly Is do that? them yeah or we could do them online on Twitter uh, later we'll today we'll try and do them yeah after we've done this yeah. You won't get any double points up because Sunderland are not playing midweek. Oh, okay. So, so still. Uh, but, you know, it's better than now, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, we'll do that later on. So that's the episode, I think. Uh, yeah. Nothing else you want to mention? No? Don't think so, no. But uh, okay. other than thanks for listening, come and see us live. And yeah. uh, enjoy. There's a bit of sunshine up here, so I'm in quite a good mood, mate. Yeah, we've got some of that coming on this week as well. Yeah. It's looking good. Spring's here. 
lovely stuff. All right, thanks very much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you.